Hello and welcome to Why Does It Matter? A podcast that is asking the simple question of why do certain things matter in our walk as followers of Jesus Christ? My name's Lee Jennings and I'm joined by Aaron Waters. And during these conversations through the season of Lent, the time where Christians traditionally explore again the, uh, the passion message of Jesus Christ who died and rose again uh, and press more into him. Uh, we're asking the question, why do these things that have traditionally been called spiritual disciplines, why do they matter in our walk as disciples of Jesus? So today we're asking the question, why does it matter that we worship? like whenever we're doing acts of justice when we're caring for the poor when we're feeding people uh, when we're taking care of people actually that is part of our worship to God as well so worship is more than a song as I think Matt Redman famously said and wrote but actually worship is also about the way that we carry out God's heart uh, for the those that are at least well off in the world around us as well In uh, Psalm 33, we read this. Uh, Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with a harp. Make music to him on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. So we're on this theme of why does it matter um, that we worship. And as I read these words, this is what comes to mind when we talk about worship isn't it i think if we ask most people in the life of any church what does it mean to worship what does it look like to worship i think we'll get a range of answers about uh, life and about uh, coming on sundays and gathering on sundays that's our worship but i think the thing that most people will probably land on is that worship in some ways is musical and i think that's the assumption that we we have we we think worship and we think music and when we read that psalm, we can see why we get that. And also, in fact, when we look at the book of Psalms, the longest book in the Bible, right in the center of our Bible, we have this hymn book of Solomon's Temple onwards, a, a book filled with songs uh, of praise and lament and crying out to God mm. right in the middle of uh, this book. Yeah, it's a whole different aspect to worship a whole different meaning than just singing praises right yeah than just doing these songs i i am um, i'm reminded in in matthew 15 of uh, of when uh jesus was talking to um the the pharisees and, and he quoted from uh isaiah 29 and he said this he said these people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me they worship me in vain their teachings are merely human rules so there we have this idea is that people can worship god in one sense in in um in song and in in those types of in music but in reality it's done in vain if the heart's not in the right place so here jesus is directly going to what's true of the heart what's true of the individual rather than what's actually being done yeah, I wonder if sometimes we don't think about the things that we say and sing in worship. So I, I'm of yes. the age where uh, Delirious were kind of the big Christian band when I was younger. And I remember standing in kind of concert halls or church style kind of venues mm. and screaming out kind of the lyrics of um, I'm going to be a history maker in this land. I'm going to be a speaker of truth to all mankind. And like how many people of my generation sung those words, definitely meaning it to God in that moment. 
but 20 years down the line, how many of us are really being history makers, being speakers of truth to, to all mankind? Sometimes we can get caught up in the moment of worship. Yeah. And actually what we do is we, we miss out on who God is because we've become focused on the thing that we're doing and the, the thing that we're saying. Yeah. That's true. Actually, I just want to pick up on on something about that as well. It's just my generation of uh, the vocabulary that I use, singing old hymns, although they're amazing and some of the words are are truly um, just lovely to listen to. There's some words that actually don't I don't find that talk into my life because I don't use those words normally, so they're foreign to me. So uh, it's funny because we sing these these songs as you said with our whole heart in one sense but in reality i have no idea what it's saying because that's not the vocabulary i I use it's a bit like i guess when we read the bible this if we're reading in the kjv specifically as well like there's a lot of vocabulary that i have to look at like wait what does that actually mean because we don't normally use that kind of uh, of language and and it's trying to uh, make that what's true of my heart and understand that more and i guess the same uh, applies in 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 singing as well <laughs> it's like the old thing about the um someone said to me once about the the the, the old hymn crown with many crowns he said i struggle to sing it because i mean I, I i just haven't got the word like i don't know what it means what does ineffably sublime means <laughs> it, it means we can't even describe how good <laughs> god is but it's true and maybe in some ways then worship uh the seasons to worship but i suppose one of the things that worship uh, kind of aims to do is connect us as people to God who is uh, holy and mighty and above and beyond and in many ways we don't have the words to fully describe and to worship God fully and actually what worship does is it, it gives us a vehicle to be able to do that so I think of the the Wesleys and um, John Wesley who was um, kind of touring through the land on horseback preaching the gospel uh, and the reason that he'd done that was he was so fed up that the church was for the middle classes that he wanted to get the gospel message out to the port so he saddled his right. horse and he rode to the public squares and he preached in such a way that he wasn't using difficult words and theological language he was using the language of the poor and his brother Charles began to write songs that would have the depth of theology in them, but could be understood by the people. And the way that he did it was he took the pop songs of the day and he simply used the tunes of the popular songs that were being <laughs> sung and put theological or God-centered words in them so that the people could learn the songs. They knew the tune. They could learn the, the, the words, which would help them know more about God and who he is. I'm just trying to imagine that. Can you imagine doing that today with the pop songs that are on? <laughs> trying to think of lyrics here. It's, it's so true that it would apply more to them and be be truer to themselves because that is relevant to them. I like that. But uh, that's the point. It's about heart. It's about what's relevant mm-hmm. to them. It's about what's true of their heart speaking to God rather than the actual song itself, right? So there's an interesting question there then. So is worship in order to help us communicate to god or yeah. is worship primarily about what we offer to god well that's it yeah so there's an interesting question there isn't mm. there about what that's about i mean my um my i've got two children my youngest um absolutely loves ferries he particularly <laughs> loves the ferry that goes to, to northern ireland and um whenever kind of we're anywhere near the river he wants to be there at the kind of time when we can see the stenner he wants to find out 
kind of where it's going, what time it's leaving. He wants to wave to it and he absolutely loves it. And the reason is, is that we've got family who we love dearly and we've got friends in Northern Ireland. We absolutely love Northern Ireland. Uh, when we travel over there in the summer, what we do is we get the ferry over there okay. and he absolutely loves the ferry because the ferry is all about Northern Ireland. But what he loves is the ferry. It's almost like he loves the vehicle more than the destination. Right. And I always think that within worship, there's a risk that we love the vehicle more than the destination. Mm. In worship, do we ever have the risk that we worship worship rather than worshiping God? Wow. So that's interesting then about uh, it being the vehicle. And uh, we always have this term of using it uh, legalistic or of being in, in terms of, of like, um, reading the Bible, of making sure you pray, specific times, having a quiet time, and, and we've talked about those things already, but we tend to apply that, that word legalistic to those things. I don't think I've ever heard it applied to singing, you know? And and I feel like that, that could be applied because that is so true. We are treating it as a vehicle and, and and admiring that more than what it actually means. And that's when, when there's been arguments in churches over the years around, do you... You know, is it the organ? Is it a band? Is it traditional hymns? Is it <laughs> yeah. modern choruses? You know, yeah. all those kind of arguments. And actually the reality is we should be able to worship God, whether it's, you know, a classic hymn on a wonderful organ that's making the kind of the floor shake as the stops are pulled out, mm. or whether it's one person on an acoustic guitar, or whether it's a worship band or whatever it may be. It shouldn't really matter the vehicle. What matters is our heart and our ability to communicate with God in that moment and express our love for him. Uh, as he has breathed his breath into us. So worship is our breathed response back to him. Okay, yeah, I, I like that. It is, uh, um, uh, Jesus was saying in, uh, I think it's Matthew 6, we were doing a talk recently, uh, and he said, uh, your heart will be where your treasure is. Mm. And and that goes into what you're saying, right? Is is our heart on God or is it on the songs we sing? Mm. Is it, is it the the type of worship we we are, are doing? But again, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's song that makes us have uh, worship to God, right? Yeah, and I suppose we spent a bit of time talking about worship as a sung thing, but I think the reality is worship is is so much more than that. And yeah. I think that you know, picking up on the heart thing there, I think of that. Uh, verse in uh, those verses in the book of Amos where uh, Amos chapter 5 the people haven't been living God's way they haven't been following the the laws that God wanted they hadn't been caring for the the foreigner they hadn't been looking out for justice and care of the poor but they were still having their religious ceremonies and in, in Amos chapter 5 we read these words these are words that God was speaking to the people through the prophet Amos I hate I despise your religious festivals your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. It's like God was saying to the people, it doesn't matter the songs that you bring if your life isn't matched up to it. Right. So there it's about living then, what what is part of your life. Yeah, and for that bit in particular, you know, it was God's heart of justice for, for the poor, for the lost, for the foreigner, that the people, they weren't doing that, but they were very kind of uptight about their religious ceremonies. And God is saying, I mean, imagine someone came up to you after church and said this, your religious assembly is a stench. <laughs> 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 but that's what God said to the people because they weren't living out his 
heart for the poor. Goes exactly back to what we keep mentioning. Um, it is that breathing in and breathing out relationship we have with God, mm. making it part of who we are, of our life, our being. Um, that we we are breathing in, breathing out uh, uh, the the things of God, which is 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 quite um, something, right? It is, and I think of the words in Matthew chapter twenty five, towards the end of the chapter, where uh, Jesus is he talks about the sheep and the goats, and then Jesus is talking about um, whenever you've done these things for 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 the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you actually did them for me. And it's like whenever we're doing acts of justice, when we're caring for the poor, when we're for the poor, when we're feeding people. Uh, when we're taking care of people, actually, that is part of our worship to God as well. So worship is more than a song, as I think Matt Redman famously said and wrote, but actually worship is also about the way that we carry out God's heart uh, for the, those that are at least well off in the world around us as well. And, and again, worship is, is a thing which comes from, from the heart as well. So no matter the different circumstances of life that we find ourselves in, you know, can we choose to worship in a moment when uh, we are struggling with grief, when we're going through difficult moments? Is our heart tuned to God? Now, we might not be celebrating in those moments, but are we able to say, God, I, I choose to honor you, I choose to glorify you? Mm. I think of King David, who, you know, wrote many of the Psalms, actually, we're told he had a heart after God. And, you know, he, he for him, he was a musician as well, wasn't yeah. he? He'd, he'd played songs, he'd written half these songs on the hillside, singing mm. just to God and the sheep around him. And then they become used in, in worship in the temple. And, and for us today, the Psalms, we still use them in worship today. But Psalm 51, David writes after he's committed adultery after he's had somebody killed and um, he's he's repenting he's he's desperately broken before god and he cries out these words in psalm 51 verse 17 my sacrifice O god is a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart you god will not despise it's like david was at his lowest of the low but he was choosing to bring not an offering not a song he was choosing to bring himself before god and say lord i'm broken Lord, I know that I've not met the standard, but Lord, I simply offer myself to you again. I want my whole life to be a life of recognizing that I am broken, mm. but you make me whole, and so I offer myself to you again. Yes, yeah, so th- that almost plays into what uh, probably worship is meaning, is that humbleness, that humility we have by going before mm. God, um, which is... is I guess if you ask people in their song, this is what they're trying to do. Uh, which is is completely fine. We are are humbling ourselves by recognizing how mighty God is, mm. how little we are. Yes, we sometimes misinterpret that and make it just song, but that's exactly what David is saying: is is our worship is is recognizing that our, our um, and making ourselves uh, humble before God, and and seeing how great He is. It is, and it, and it's that old definition of worship is giving something of worth right you know offering god something which is costly mm. and that might be out of our brokenness it might be um out of giving generously to the poor it might be out of the way that we choose to live with integrity in our workplace but that actually means it's harder for us because everybody else is doing things differently yeah. so we make it harder but we choose to live with integrity i think of the end of king david's life he wants to uh he wants to make an offering to god and he, there's a particular field that he wants to make an offering in and he uh, offers to uh, to buy the field off the person who owns it. And the owner of the field says, you're the king. You, you can have this field. In fact, you can have all the bulls and the, the oxen and everything else you need to make the offering. You can have it for free because you're the king. And David says, no, because I refuse to give my God uh, an offering of worship, which costs me nothing. 
so <laughs> it, it's just funny to get us in that mindset right uh, of of realizing wish it can be done throughout all of our lives mm. um through all that we do and and i guess that's a this is a good point maybe to to just look back on on the podcast already done mm. and looking how, how we can why these things matter and making that part of our worship yeah, absolutely. So fasting is part of our worship. Yeah. You know, praying is part of our worship. Evangelism is part of our worship. Yeah. And um, because actually we're trying to glorify God by what we do. We're dedicating time and the way that we live our life over to him. That we become right. maybe some kind of living sacrifice is the language we might use in the church. That we're saying it, it's not about me, it's about you. As John the Baptist famously said of, of Jesus, um, I must decrease, he must increase. It's about less of us and more of him. Okay, yeah, I like that. And then also, sorry, just to bring out another point on that as well, is that in our different gifts that we have um, in this world that um, you, you may be really good at the job that you do, um, presumably, presumably um, or, or anything. Um, I, I know this is a big thing for, for people of sport as well. Mm. And in these gifts that they've been given by God, that is their worship to God because they are doing it for the glory Absolutely. of God. Absolutely. And so maybe, you know, this week as, you know, you're maybe listening to this, maybe you're listening to this as, as you're out jogging, or maybe you're listening to this yeah. as you're on your way to work, or, you know, as the you've got a few minutes quiet as the children are back in school or whatever it may be. Mm. Actually, the way that we can worship, we can reflect on what is it that God has gifted me to do that I love doing that fires me up. And it may be this week you're going jogging out of love for God. It may be that this week you're um, choosing to do some craft things out of love for God and in some ways it doesn't matter the vehicle because it's all about the destination yeah Micah 6 verse 8 says and what does the Lord require of you to act justly to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God what a great definition of worship that is whether it's through singing whether it's through gathering in a church building uh, as and when we're able to do that mm. whether it's as you're out jogging whether it's working with integrity whether it's doing the thing that you really enjoy doing are you acting justly in your life are you loving mercy and are you walking humbly with your god mm. i love that it's just our uh what how we live in each situation uh, our mindset our heart uh, our being and it reminds me uh, of romans uh, uh, chapter 12 um which is funny that you mentioned about john wesley uh, um, creating songs in in modern things uh, mm. i actually uh, with a friend um made uh, romans 12 verse 1 to 2 into a song uh, from a, a clean bandit song <laughs> for the kids so it's just uh, it's getting that into our mind of how we live and being relevant to, to, to our generation. So Are you going to sing that to us now? No, I won't sing it to you, but I'll quote the verse to you. So it says, Romans 12, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, which you mentioned before, holy and pleasing to God, because this is your true and proper yeah. worship. Why don't we pray together as we come to a close today? Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, you are God most high. You are awesome and in many ways there aren't words to describe how great you are. So Lord, help us this week to be a people who worship you as living sacrifices, who devote everything we do to you through our devotional lives, our work lives, our family lives. We offer what we're good at 
back to you. Help us to be a people who act justly, who love mercy and walk humbly with you as we sing, as we speak, as we wait in the choir, as we exercise, as we live our lives to the glory of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.